0: boys and girls and children over the age of 21 welcome to the hot nation usa podcast i'm your host sam and i am here for episode 11 with me as always are my two co-hosts to my right is steve what's up buddy how's it going it is going well and uh what's new new and exciting in your world today anything
1: fun i thought i was getting sick Have you ever done this where you think you're just getting sick, and then instead you just sleep for a whole bunch of time, and then just hope it passes? Did it work? Yeah, I mean, it worked. So I assume whatever it was, it's gone now. All alright. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's good. Glad you're not sick for the show today. Yeah, I I was feeling sick yesterday, but I'm feeling
0: pretty okay today. Good. Some say you shouldn't drink beer when you're sick, so if you were sick, Adam and I would have to do all the drinking on the show today. And we don't want that, because, you know, three's company...
1: Anytime I, uh, anytime I get sick, I usually drink screwdrivers. Or uh, what's whiskey and orange juice? What is that? Is that something? Well, I drink that, so All I drink right. that.
2: So you, you don't use uh, like a like a seven and seven. No. You do a cheap... tequila sunrise, tequila and orange juice. Oh God, that's just Bar City. Oh, come on, <laughs>
0: nothing better for some sickness than it... <laughs> a nice shot of tequila. So you're saying
1: you're not down with the
2: sickness? Ugh.
1: Oh man Introduce was Adam it? so we can get past 1998 I was trying these. to
0: think in my mind when Disturbed first started making music It probably was in the 90s, late 90s 98, I was 99, thinking I, was I have no idea some, Somewhere And across from me as always <laughs> Wait a minute, where's Adam? Adam is not across from me I am not In and episodes, Adam always been right across the table from me and today he is not I am not I don't even see him, is he even on this podcast? Turn to
2: your left
0: Oh my god Dude, hey no, Sam. nobody ever sits to my left. I'm sorry. Now you're sitting to my left. I'm a trendsetter, which is very confusing for me. This is throwing my whole is, day is off here. Your, your chi
2: is not centered. No, my chi is not centered. I'm sorry. You're to hear my that. left when you should be across from me. I, we're okay. I'm okay with a little bit of change. All right, it's all right. And not to freak you out too much, but this week we are sitting at a round table rather than a rectangular table. Oh, so man. you're just gonna have to cope a little bit. We can get through this. I don't we're, do well with change. We're but a team. But we I think we will get through it today,
0: and that's because today is an awesome, awesome beer theme that we're going to be going through. And we're switching back to a theme that we've done a couple of times, and that's where we feature one specific brewery on the show. You know, we haven't done that in a while. We haven't. So I'm kind of I'm glad very that we're kicking where, back into it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool idea, and that way we really get to explore uh, some of the beers from a specific brewery rather than just a hodgepodge of stuff from random breweries. We're actually focused now on a specific brewery that we all know and love. Laser focus. Mm-hmm. Laser focus. Definitely love. We are all very big fans of this brewery, and the brewery that we chose to feature on the show today is Claw Brewing, which is out of Baltimore, Maryland. So you guys know Claw well, I know. Oh, yes. Yeah, boy. Oh, yes. So Law is a great brewery and we really enjoy trying their beers and it's one of those breweries where every time you turn around they have something new and exciting that they've released. If you go to their website and check out their list of beers that they've produced over the years it is like 10 pages long. It's incredible to see how many beers that they've made. So the first thing that we're going to be featuring on the show today and that we're going to be sampling is one of Dewclaw's specialties. It's one of their earlier beers and it is called the Dirty Little Freak, which is
2: probably one of my favorite names uh, of a beer that I've had in my time. That is definitely one of the first ones that I've ever tried and that one set a mark with me uh, to know that I like Dewclaw beers. Uh, I will admit I have had it before. But yeah, gonna, I think we've get, all had. it before. I think we have. But this yeah. is a good way to kind of step into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Start with one that we've all had
1: before, because mm-hmm. not only is this one we've all had before, but I think this is one of their most unique beers. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I just can it, see it, just in the way it kind of surprises you with the flavors and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it's not really clear, you know. No, it's
2: not clear at all. It's what a right. quarter? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: interestingly enough, based on the bottle, it says it's an ale brewed with vanilla beans. Then, in the description itself, it says this beer is made with uh, roasted malt, but also with coconut, caramel, and chocolate flavors, which is barely restrained by a gentle hop bite. So, I
1: agree. Which is what I meant when I said it wasn't really clear as to what, what, this, it is, actually yeah, is. what this is supposed to be. Right. <laughs> so given that we've all had it, but at least some of us thought it was a porter,
2: which in turn it is not. It's actually an ale. Well... Technically, all porters are ales, because there's only two types of beers you can have. You can have ales, or you can have lagers. Right, exactly, but there's a lot of different styles that fall under those two categories. I completely agree, but an ale, or a porter can always be an ale, but an ale cannot always be a porter. Pour the beer. <laughs> Point is, I don't think that this is a porter, but we're going to pour it, and we're going to find out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going <laughs> to check Sam's most hated app of all time, untapped, <laughs> and see how that checks in. And we'll let the good people of untapped.
0: Uh, I mean, looking at this beer, it, it, it appears to be a dark ale. It doesn't have the color of a porter. It doesn't. I, I really do not believe that. And, and I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought it was a porter myself. I've told people that this beer was a porter. So the fact that we're all drinking it and learning more about it on this show today is not only relevant for the audience, but also apparently for us.
2: <laughs> so according to untapped, it is supposed to be a brown ale, I guess? Okay. I guess. That's how it's classified.
1: So you're you're saying it's supposed to be a brown ale. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a purple.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm seeing kind of just a dark ale. Yeah. Yeah, based on what I'm seeing in the other porters that we've reviewed on this show and just the other ones that I've drank
1: in my time, definitely not a porter. No. I mean, I guess I never really gave too much thought as to what the Dirty Little Freak really was. Because, again... Yeah, because, again, it has that weird flavor profile as well. Mm-hmm. So I just never thought of it. I just thought of it as its own unique little thing. But yeah. actually spending time to look at it, yeah, it looks kind of like a brown ale, but it has that reddish-purplish hue to
2: it. Mm-hmm. And also, it's it doesn't look like a porter. Nah. Yeah. No, I think that was just, like you said, it, since it's definitely on the darker side, I just, you just kind of assumed, assumed and then yeah. just went with it. Uh, on the on the uh, the nose side of things, you coconut. can smell the coconut, coconut right yeah. all up front. Yeah, long. coconut and caramel. It's a very strong coconut
0: flavor, very strong caramel flavor, and you get that right up front.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna drink. It it smells this. delicious.
2: Uh-huh. Mm.
1: Oh god, it's good to return to this one. Yeah, it is. It's been a while since I've had one. I, same me here. too.
2: So it's it's nice to know that this is still uh, kicking along. No,
1: uh, let me ask. Was this originally like a seasonal? Because I remember getting it in the winter a lot, but not. Uh... I think it originally was a seasonal, but it became so popular yeah. that they started offering it as part of their year-round series. That would okay. make
2: sense. Yeah, I'll buy that.
1: Because I mean, I think the first. I mean, the first Duke Law beer that hit Pittsburgh big was that uh, Sweet Baby Jesus, yeah. right? That was the first one that hit big, and then this one kind of came along. Came right on its coattails. It, yeah. <laughs> as its weird little brother. <laughs> but is I don't know, it's so... Are you saying this is the Eli Manning of... of yeah, because it, because it wins as well.
0: <laughs> but mm. then it kind of disappeared for a while. Right. Like, mm-hmm. if you remember, it hit,
1: and then it was gone. Yeah. Like, and, it was so it, limited. Which is why I thought it was a seasonal, because I could only find it, like, at wintertime. Right, yeah. But this, this is at definitely... At one, gr-
2: one grocery store in Ohio.
1: Right. Was carrying it. <laughs> but this
2: is definitely a winter-esque beer. Yeah. You know, this is definitely one that you you watch the snow fly while you drink it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the other reason why you think it might be a porter.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. it has a kind of desertiness to it. But... Yeah, just kind of have that association with it. Well, it has a
0: lot of the same flavors that you might see in a stout or a porter. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about coconut stouts. We've all had a couple of those. Had and them. Made them. Animator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and chocolate is something that's right. you know very characteristic, especially a stronger chocolate taste would be characteristic of a porter or a mm-hmm. stout, right? Um, whether it was just from you know some of the some of the chocolatey malt that you used, or if you actually put some cacao nibs or you know some chocolate itself
2: into the boil. So it seems like they kind of just went from the the porter side of things, and then just went up the SRM scale, just went into a brown ale with the same philosophy, using your coconut, your yeah, New cocoa nibs, things like that. Yeah. Which it works.
1: Yeah, it absolutely works. It's a wonderful beer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're still talking about this. We all know it's good. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to dissect this one. We already know it's good. Well we know it's good, but
0: just just so the audience knows as well. I know they can hear us talk about this, but so so you know what you're getting when you take a sip of this oh, I beer. Agree. Yes. You're getting you're getting the coconut and the caramel right up front. Yeah. It's it's very pronounced in the beer. Mm-hmm. And it, it hits you kind of right on your flavor palate, and when you when you suck it down, it lingers a little bit in the back of the throat.
1: Man, yeah, I kind of forgot to, about this beer. I'll be honest, it's so smooth too. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a, it's such an easy drinker.
2: Yeah, I'm having a problem with my beer. in, in that I keep drinking it way faster than <laughs> I should be. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's five point eight percent. That's what I was gonna say. So think. it's not super strong. And and honestly, guys, I think this could be a beer, even though it's a little bit on the darker side that I could drink in the summertime. It would have to be super cold. No, no, you would not drink, want to drink this beer super in the, cold. In no, the no, summertime? He's, say, he's
1: saying
2: outside. Oh, right, if I'm oh, drinking uh-oh. this outside, yes, I understand that it's gonna kind of skew your flavor profile if it's super cold, but if you're gonna drink a beer like this, to me, it's gotta be cold. I can I can reconcile
1: this really easy for you guys. Okay. This is a thunderstorm beer. Hey, there you hey. go, yeah. Yeah. All, right. Hey, all right, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, I I can can this is a beer I would pull storm. out if I'm just stuck inside because it's raining and everything. That's a great great use for this beer. That is, yeah. It would be
0: so awesome to have like a super large covered patio Mm -hmm. where you could actually watch the thunderstorm and sip on this beer without getting soaked. Yeah. Oh, man. If there's one thing that Pittsburgh is known for, it's awesome beer events in the summertime. So what do you guys got on the docket? What's coming up for you that you're excited about, that you know about, that
1: you want to share with our audience? Well... Interestingly enough, I found one that might not necessarily be a part of Pittsburgh, but is kind of a part of Pittsburgh.
2: Go on. It's not
1: too far away. So a lot of people I know kind of take the trip out of Pittsburgh and go down to Mountaineer
2: gambling casino. And, and racetrack. Track. Yeah, watch <laughs> horses. So here's a question on that before you get too far. Bah. At Mountaineer, do yeah. they do harness racing or do they do the, the thoroughbred racing? They do the thoroughbred. Because I know at the Meadows down in Washington County, they only do the harness racing. Right but I wasn't sure if they did the full thoroughbred racing at Mountaineer as well. That's all I wanted to know.
1: Okay, yeah, but they have that, and then they have the Harve, where Ted Nugent is usually playing. Ah, uh, yes. Or Aaron Lewis of Stained.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that show last year.
1: Oh. I went there... I'm sorry. Oh, boy. I didn't mean to bring a sore spot up. <laughs> While we're on that subject, <laughs>
0: interestingly enough, you know Aaron Lewis has gone country now. I
1: saw that show. And
0: I think that's why he's playing there. Right, I did, yeah. In West Virginia. That's absolutely
2: why he's playing. When I showed up, I didn't know he had gone country. <laughs> what were you expected to hear? It's been a while. <laughs> Some gone and things so up, just he, like always do. He did right, that no more song. Stage.
1: That's enough to not us get us sued.
2: Yeah. yeah, he did that song, but it was countrified. Oh really? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah like, that was
0: always one of my favorite Stain songs. I really did think that was a good, well-written song. It,
2: it was just—it was very odd. The—the the audience was definitely an eclectic group. It was quite the experience. I'll be honest. Did That's, he do a country version of Mudshovel? I have
0: no
1: idea. I, I don't go that deep. See, that was catalog. one of my favorite Stain songs. Everything off that first that album I thought was really good. Wasn't yeah. The that first first was a good CD.
2: Terrible. Are we honest? I I wasn't a big Stain fan. I didn't get into any of their stuff. That's fine. I knew that one song that he did with Fred Durst. I. Mm. He did that one song.
1: I'm sure he did. I don't know what it was. <laughs> they all kind of traded back and forth with.
2: It's really the same guy.
1: Between Limp Biscuit and Corn. and Yeah.
0: And, uh, Stain Stained was like the Mandy Moore to Corn and Limp Biscuit's Christine Aguilera and wow. Britney Spears. <laughs> right? Because they came in third. Wow.
1: They would have been third, yes. <laughs>
0: She liked like that reference? It was tying in 2000s bands with also, you know. Would they,
1: would they have been the Mandy Moore or the Jessica Simpson? Mm. Oh, they might have been the Jessica Simpson. Yeah, because
2: mm. didn't Mandy Moore have a bit of a successful acting career afterwards?
0: Well,
1: yeah, she did. She, I, th- I think Static X would have been more the Mandy Moore. <laughs> 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 they came in way too late. To way to too late. Got to
0: split. <laughs> yeah, because I guess Mandy Moore did leave, and... She was on Entourage for a couple episodes, and I think she's on that show, This Is Us, mm. that's airing right now, so. I don't know. What, how the hell did we get so far off track? We're talking about Stained and Mandy Moore. We're supposed Adam to be talking to about to tell beer fast. A story. I didn't want to tell you
1: shit. I was, you was told just, us a story about Aaron Lewis. That wasn't a story. That
2: was just, you know, nuggets.
1: In any case, if you want another reason to go down the mountain here, other than Aaron Lewis concerts and harness racing, <laughs> in August 19th... Sure. Uh, they're going to have their fourth annual Brew Fest.
2: Oh, it's this isn't even the first annual. No, they've had this before.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice. they've been doing this, but apparently it's all West Virginia microbrews. Nice. So it's a little bit of a change of pace for everybody who's been to all the Pittsburgh festivals, and you know what you're getting at a Pittsburgh festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to, you know, not to poo-poo any of the beer, uh, breweries in our area because they're all great. But change is good. But change is good, and you get to try something completely different. So they're going to have a number of breweries there that are all West Virginia-based. Uh, a couple of them are Screech Owl Brewing, uh, Morgantown Brewing Company, and the Mountain Brewing Company. Okay. Going to be 25 bucks for general admission.
2: That's not bad. That's a heck of a lot better than, uh, than what some of the other beer fests are, especially right. around Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, yeah. And not that they're
2: not worth it, but... That's a heck of a deal.
1: Yeah, it's not that they're not worth it. Uh, There's going to be a little less uh, on the number of breweries there. Okay. But you're going to get an upside of, it's going to be like six hours. Damn. Damn. Yeah.
0: Damn. <laughs> so okay. Six hours of drinking for 25 bucks. You can sign me up right now. That sounds awesome. Right. You can't beat that with a stick. Yeah. Plus, I mean, that's exciting to me because I've been to a plethora of Pittsburgh beer fests and I love going to them. They're great. But you do start to see the same breweries there mm. all the time. And not that they're not brewing cool new beers that they are introducing at these festivals, but with um, the Mountaineer Brew Fest, you can find some new breweries that honestly are not that far away. Right. Because, you know, West Virginia is really just a hop, skip, and a jump from pittsburgh so if you're ever taking a a little jaunt or a little drive down there
1: Mm -hmm. maybe you can find some breweries that you may not have otherwise stumbled upon Mm -hmm. yeah instead of making that the long trip to morgantown make that short trip you make the short trip to mountaineer get a taste for everything then you have a reason to start making your long trip down the morgantown Mm
2: -hmm. you can expand your your diameter of influence
1: yeah that way you know like hey you make that trip down the morgantown you know what kind of growlers you want to bring back right exactly thinking
2: smart
1: (laughs) thinking brain.
2: So for me what I'm looking forward to, uh, and I just recently found this out, uh, one of, uh, for me, one of the local breweries, Helicon Brewing, uh, I know we've all been there before, uh, but they are actually going to start bringing in food trucks. Good for them. Oh, nice. I, I am kind of excited about because I enjoy their beer, but one of the drawbacks, uh, well was one of the drawbacks, was the the food selection uh, needed a little beefing up. They are remedying that problem. Uh, they're going to start bringing in food trucks over the summer, uh, and I, I can't wait for that to happen. It's not nearly as exciting as, as this beer fest, but to me that's going to be awesome because that's only a couple miles from my place. Go down, grab a beer, grab a slice of pizza, come back home. Or some mac and cheese. Or some mac and cheese. Or a burger. Or a burger. Depends on who's there, really. And, of course, you have you have the, the Brew and Chew.
1: Well, that one was in Monroeville, but apparently cranberry's getting it this year. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Steve and I went to the Brew and Chew last year, and it was... I think it's one of
0: the most underrated beer fest in Pittsburgh, and I think one of the reasons it is is because it is so far away from Pittsburgh. Like the Monroeville Convention Once. Center is a good twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even up in Cranberry, I mean that's twenty minutes yeah. at least yeah. from Pittsburgh. Yeah. But the nice thing is with the Brew & Chew, we found a deal on Groupon last year that got us buy one get one free ticket. So we ended up going for like 20 bucks. That's and not the bad. nice thing about that is it is a true full beer and food sampling. Like there was a boatload of food there, a boatload of beer, and there were also a bunch of fun games we could play like darts, air hockey, and um, I didn't know that. beer pong Bubble hockey
1: Huh? Bubble hockey was there, too. Bubble hockey
0: was there, and also yeah, they had this awesome game. It was like beer pong, but instead of uh, cups, there were tr- just trash cans. Uh, and you yes. threw yeah. you know the big ball into the trash mm-hmm. can and played beer pong that way. So it was great. It was right by Spoonwood. Spoonwood had a truck in the convention <laughs> yeah. center, and on the tailgate <laughs> were their kegs. And you could just walk over, pour yourself a beer straight from the tap,
1: and... Play some beer pong. It yeah, was they weren't even screwing around. Wait, yeah, they were serve alive. yourself.
0: <laughs> here's our kegs. Here's what we have. Serve yourself.
1: On top of all that, there was a dude there that had ice sculptures, and he had an ice sculpture of the Stanley Cup. Nice. And you could And he let you do shots out of the, the ice luge of the yeah, Stanley Cup. That's so awesome. Yeah, and all that was cheap
0: as hell. <laughs> 20 bucks, awesome. all you can eat, all you can drink, all you can play. I mean, that's pretty epic. Yeah. That's a bargain at twice the price. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite events that's coming up, and this one, this is one of my first beer fests I've ever gone to in Pittsburgh. It's in its 12th year, so it's one of the oldest ones that we have here currently, and it's still going strong, and that is the Millvale Brewfest. Ah, yes. And it is down at Riverfront Park, and that's going to be occurring, I believe, on August, what did we say it was? August 12th. That's the twelfth. Yeah. It's going to be August twelfth. It's a week before the, um, the Bruins. The Mountain. No, before. Well, it's week, the week, week before. It's the
1: week before yeah. Mountaineer, and it's the week after the Brew and shoe. So, so pretty a, much
0: we're, we're running through the August calendar. Yeah, we're talking so we August fifth. So. August we have the Brew and shoe up in Cranberry. August twelfth, we have the Millvale Brewfest in Riverfront Park in Millvale, and August nineteenth, we have the. Mountaineer. Mountaineer Beer Fest in the Mountaineer Casino and Racetrack. So back to the Millville. Back to fest. the Millville. So what I really like about the Millville, it's it's usually pretty cheap, but what I really like most about it is it's, it's kind of like one of those down-home, feel-good beer fests. It's not too large and it doesn't attract a gigantic crowd so they probably have about you know 20 or so breweries there Mm. and you know they're each rolling out about three to four beers but it's just a really calm fun beer fest and it's in a park so that's that's really nice too you're right right on the water and it's you know, just a great way to sample some some new beers. So it's more of like a community event. Yeah, it's yeah. more like a community event. That's a good way to put it. And and one of the things that I love most about it is the food. The food is included in the price, which nowadays almost seems like more of a rarity when you're buying a ticket to a beer fest. really is. And it's a true picnic lunch that you get with it they're rolling out the pulled pork the baked beans the coleslaw the mac and cheese and they serve it just like you would get when you were a kid on styrofoam (laughs) trays (laughs) and you get the works and it's just it's really good food really good beer great time with friends and and truly you know one of those one of those beer fests that i hold near and dear to my heart because it kind of started the beer fest trend in pittsburgh and is still going strong today
1: well we've been talking a lot about um you know, events in August. Mm-hmm. I guess we're kind of glossing over the big one, though, with the Pittsburgh Summer Beer Fest.
2: Yeah, I guess we kind of are.
1: That's the big daddy of the summer. I don't think, but I don't think we really need to talk about it, though.
2: No, it's, the eye bubble is already up.
0: Yeah, everybody should know about it. Right. <laughs> but if they don't, why don't you tell us when it is and what the Summer Beer Fest is all about? Because it's a pretty, pretty fun event. I've been to it, actually, every year since, they, uh, since the inaugural Summer Beer Fest, and, it's, it keeps me coming back for more. I think it's a great, great event.
1: Well, uh, a lot like the Winter Beer Fest, it's where they bring out all of the breweries that they possibly can and offer a whole lot of rarities. Like, you you will get those things, you common staples that you'll find out there, but you find a lot of rarities out there. We're looking at July 14th and 15th. All right. And that's going to be at Stage AE. As is tradition. As is tradition.
0: <laughs> so they usually have about... Anywhere between 200 and 300 beers there for you to try. Over 100 different breweries, both local breweries and national breweries. So if you don't find something that you like, you simply don't like beer. Exactly. And if you don't like beer, there's some great live music there. They have bands playing right in the middle, right on stage AE the entire night. Some great uh, 90s cover bands that are super fun and just a really great party for the summer.
2: So I'm, I'm willing to admit I've never actually been to this one uh, for one reason or another. Do they have food trucks there or some sort of food uh, dispensary?
0: They do. And they have some great food there. Uh, but unfortunately, it does not come with the price of admission. You have to pay for that separate. But there are a lot of a lot of choices there for right you.
2: You know, we should do a food truck episode.
0: Okay. I like food trucks. I like Mac and Gold. Mac and Gold is probably one of my absolute favorite food trucks in Pittsburgh. Have you guys ever had that? I've, I've had not. Mac and Gold. It's the Mac and Cheese food right. truck. It's so damn good. I am so hungry right now.
2: Well, what about thirsty? I am so thirsty right now. <laughs> perhaps if you had some sort of beer in front of you, uh, perhaps the Ducla Dirty Little Freak I do, but I'm trying... I only have a couple sips
0: left, and I'm trying to savor as much flavor as I possibly can, because this beer is so freaking good. I say you just indulge. I'm not doing my last couple sips as a shot. (laughs) That would ruin it for me, but... So do we even have to go through this, what we think of this... Uh, Yeah, let's go through it again for the audience. Uh, Once again, to remind everybody, we are drinking our first Duclaw beer of the show, and this is the Dirty Little Freak, which is their dark ale with coconut, caramel, and chocolate. Adam, why don't you go first? You seem pretty jazzed up about this beer. It's good. (laughs) Okay. Moving on.
1: Alright, Adam says it's good. Steve, what do you say about this beer? Uh, I mean, we've already said it all before already. Uh, It's a very excellent, very flavorful beer. And it's so smooth smooth and light. For for as dark as the beer is, and as far as many desserty flavors that are in there, it's still a very light and easy drinker. It doesn't get bogged down. Right. It doesn't Yeah, you don't you don't feel fat and heavy.
2: <laughs> well, because of the beer at least. Well yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there might be other contributing factors to that mindset.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I really like this beer and and to your point, just to tag on to that a little bit. This is a beer that I could just sit down at dinner with and just enjoy with pretty much anything. I mean, I feel like it, the flavors aren't overpowering, but I don't know. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the ales, and you know, with this dark ale, it's not too heavy like a stout or a porter. It's just it drinks clean. There's a ton of flavor, and one of the one of the staples of the Dewclaw beer catalog, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, I would say so. It, it I don't know if they call it a flagship, but I
2: would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely one of the ones that got uh, at least me interested in the brewery. Absolutely. So, I don't think we have to say much more about it. It's I don't think mm-hmm. so. I mean,
0: Excellent
1: beer.
2: Yeah.
0: But we'll see what the next challenger is here when we come back from break, as we try our next beer from Dewclaw Brewing and talk to you guys a little bit more about a key ingredient in the home brewing process. So stay tuned for more. Welcome back, Hop Nation USA lovers. And before we get started with this next beer, I do have a question for my two co-hosts here. And that is is it a beer or is it a horse? Or is it both? Let's find out. I that, that was last episode. It We're was, not doing horses. It was, but if you remember, last episode we coined that as the official theme song of the Hop Nation USA podcast. I, because it was something I, that it was something that nobody had copyrighted, right? So, I didn't want to bring that in uh, on segment one, but now that we're headed into segment two, I thought it was an appropriate time to revisit our theme. Theme song, I should say.
2: I guess? Uh, question mark? <laughs> I guess? <laughs> um.
1: Okay. Boy, I can tell you it's a
2: beer. Yeah, it's right there in front of us. I haven't even thrown out the choices yet. No, that's, no, it's, it's a beer. It's right there. It's right it's in front a beer. of Steve. There yes. are zero legs, no hooves. <laughs> yeah, but there's also a horse
0: in this living room. And there's no little Frenchman sitting on top of it. Well, there better not be. That would be very painful to sit on top of a beer bottle, whether you're a Frenchman or an American. I also wouldn't pour that. <laughs>
1: True. Yeah, well, wow, if it still true. has a cap on, it'd be okay. Uh, just use some gloves, dude. Everything inside is going to be fine. I feel like it would get a, I think you'd get think get a little stink around the ring.
2: Yeah, I don't want to get into that. That's, not, that's not my it's bag, nice. man. It's Whatever. Nice.
0: Let's just get into our next beer, and we'll worry about the theme song later. So, as the audience knows, today we are going through some of the Dewclaw beers, as we all really enjoy that brewery. So, Steve, what Dewclaw beer are we going to be
1: drinking next? Well, part of the reason why we're even doing this episode to begin with is because Law has put out a brand new beer. Go on. And the beer we're going to be drinking today is that new beer. Great. Do you want to know what the new beer is? <laughs> no. All okay, right. show's <laughs> over. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, what Ducla has come out with is the Sweet Baby Java. And anybody who's a fan of the Law Brewery knows about Sweet Baby Jesus, which is their chocolate peanut
2: butter porter. That is definitely one of their cornerstones of their repertoire.
1: Yes. Anyway, Duke has gotten a little experimental (laughs) ever since we first found the Sweet Baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. And since then, they've introduced uh, what's called the For Pete's Sake. And that's an imperial version. But now, they've uh, moved on from that and they're introducing the Sweet Baby Java. Which is an espresso bean infused version of their chocolate peanut butter porter. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have some today. And I believe this just came out in May, the month that we're in
0: perfect (laughs) yeah (laughs) i haven't seen this beer or heard of it or tried it so i'm very excited to to check out what this beer has to offer because i love the for pete's sake that is one of my favorites from dewclaw
1: yeah and i love the sweet baby jesus i had found it on i initially saw it advertised on their twitter that this was coming out and i just happened to be in an ohio grocery store and found it and bought a sixer of it because i needed it
0: being from pittsburgh steve sure spends a lot of time in ohio grocery stores
1: steve spends a lot of time places he shouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) so we got our beers here and let's take a look and we're not seeing anything through it
0: (laughs) (laughs) looks like a porter this one is definitely not a dark ale like the last one
1: no this is absolutely through and through a porter completely blacked out
2: i can smell the peanut butter Uh, Just like you could with the Sweet Baby Jesus. Yeah. This, to me, smells exactly
0: like a Sweet Baby Jesus. I'm not smelling too much of those coffee notes or any of that espresso
1: that's supposed to be in here. I'm smelling the peanut butter, and that is about it. Yeah, it's a very powerful flavor, so it's interesting to see if they can overcome it.
0: Shall we try it? Mm Mm-hmm. We
1: shall. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Hmm. This doesn't taste like a horse. <laughs> We've moved past that. It's not a horse.
2: <laughs> so I'm guessing that this one might be a beer. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. I'm I'm gonna stop you in your tracks right there. How do you know, <laughs> do you know what a horse? <laughs> How do you know what a horse tastes like? I've eaten at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one down on the south side that wasn't actually a Burger King? <laughs> uh, that was something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your guys' initial thoughts on this on this beer? Well, I can tell two things.
0: One, that this is definitely not a horse beer. Number two, that after a taste, even though I didn't smell the coffee, I am getting some of those espresso beanie notes uh, on the back end. So I can definitely taste it, but it's not a very strong flavor. To me, this tastes,
1: honestly, pretty close to the sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, it really does. Um, I've already, Like, I've had this before. I had bottles at home. And uh, <laughs> one of the things I found, though, uh, just as a pro tip while we're drinking this, as it warms up, you really get more coffee notes. Okay, more kind of what notes. I
2: was e- expecting to happen. Yeah. we did pull this out of the fridge only a couple minutes before right. we started recording this. Uh, so, I, I'm waiting for it to warm up a little bit. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my beer warm up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I would say let it sit for a bit, and uh, the warmer it gets, the more of those notes you get.
2: My initial thoughts are, are somewhat similar with Sam, that you can definitely taste the sweet baby Jesus, and yeah. the espresso is just kind of there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when this warms up, it takes more of a, a central role in the taste.
1: Yeah, that, Let's that, hope. that chocolate peanut butter Reese's Cup flavor is really hard to overcome.
2: It's really good, too. Oh, yeah, no, it's still excellent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a excellent. great flavor. Yeah.
1: That's why I like the For Pete's sake so
0: much, is because that flavor... That flavor is there in spades in that beer. It's pretty much all you taste. So per Steve's recommendation, let's let this beer warm up a little bit, and in the meantime, talk about something that's very key to making any great beer.
2: I agree, and, and just as a quick refresher, what are the four main ingredients in beer? What are the four things? Oh, you I know, I out? know,
1: I know. Steve, go ahead. He's got, he needs your water, <laughs> and he needs your hops, and he needs your yeasts. And you need your molasses.
2: Correct. Very good. Yay. You get to finish your beer now. Oh, sweet. So, we have already talked about hops, uh, and we are not going to talk about yeast yet, and we are not going to talk about water yet. I I can't wait for the water episode. I've got all kinds of things to talk about there. there actually is. There is actually several things you can do to adjust your water, because a lot of things... Will actually affect your taste in water. If you're looking at your pH balance, if you're looking at the minerals that are in your water, it's like, I could go. Move it on, Doctor Science. Let's I'm get to dark. the malt. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about malt. When, when brewers talk about malt, uh, there's one one type of grain that is almost always being referred to whenever you're talking about malt: barley. Okay. You guys seem so excited about that.
1: Well, I don't know. You're, I don't know where you're going. You're How do like... you not know
0: that? Now,
2: <laughs> if you remember the old game
1: pit.
0: Barley was actually one of the cards that you could trade. You remember Pitt the what? stock market trading game? I can't no say that I did, Really? Where you traded the cards and you tried to get a full set of cards, and when you did, you rang the bell and you yelled pit. But there was two wild cards in the deck. One was a bull, one was a bear, signifying the market swings. If you're a bull market, things are good. So a bull was like a wild card that you can use to complete your set. Whereas a bear was something you couldn't have in your hand to win the game.
1: I played Drug Wars where you you guys never played Pit. God. No. Okay. So anyway, in Sam's imaginary life of game, where we play Pit. Yeah, where we play Pit. Whatever that is. Apparently, you can trade barley. So barley is important. Why is barley important?
2: Because what that does is that that is the grain that is the backbone of the beer. What that does is that brings the sugars into the beer, mm. and more more importantly into the mash.
1: Okay, and sugars are important because that's what
2: gets fermented. That is the yeast food. Yay! And oh. that's what happens whenever the yeast. Uh, it's got to eat. It's got to do something. So it finds that sugar that is being released from the grains, from the malts, from the barley. And essentially what happens, the yeast eats the sugars, poops out the alcohol. That's what gets you drunk. Yeast. Nice. Yeast poop. Nice. Oh, yeast. excellent.
0: Yeah. So barley, when you, when you grow barley, it's going to mm. be you know, grain, how do you get it to break down, how do you break down the barley and turn it into kind of those, those
2: that sugary malt that we all well, know and love? Well, before you get there, uh, there are a couple of steps that you have to do. Uh, one of the things you have to do is you you actually have to, whenever you get your, your grains of barley, you actually have to soak it beforehand it, to sort of let the germination begin. And what you'll do is you'll let the germination process start, then you'll you'll actually roast it and that will stop the germination process, but what that will do is that will still allow the sugars to be released whenever you whenever you steep your grains and all of that good stuff. So there's actually some prep work that has to happen before the, the home brewer actually gets a hold of it at your local home brew store. Okay. So it's not just pulled straight off the stock and put right, it into right back. Right. So there there are some processes that have to be have to be made. Whenever you're you're brewing, and from this point forward, I'm just going to talk in reference of an all-grain brewing. Uh, I'm not going to get into extract brewing simply because all these steps have already been taken care of. For an all-grain, what you're doing is you'll take your grain and you'll put it into, into a mash tun with hot water, depending on how hot it is, depending on your recipe, and you'll let it rest. So what that'll do is whenever you're able to strip the sugars out of the grain, that'll put the sugars into your wort, and that as everybody knows is essentially unfermented beer. That's what you that's what you add
1: your yeast into. So essentially what you're saying is you get this first step of the grains and barley sitting in, you know, hot water. Yes. Basically in a spa.
2: Right. right. <laughs> and and that's there are some theories out there that say that that is actually the basis of civilization as we know it. I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or just something that's you know everybody to, tries to latch on to, but in the time before time, somebody left a, a bucket of, of grain out out in the weather. It got wet, so they got really lazy. They let it sit there, let it sit there, let it sit there, uh, and eventually it, it fermented out. The yeast got involved somehow. It fermented out. Somebody decided, I'm going to drink this. I'm going to see what happens. I don't know if it was a bet. I don't know if it was a dare, <laughs> or it was, again, just laziness. And they drank it, found out that, hey, this makes me feel pretty good. You know, I feel pretty good about myself. I'm going to talk to my boss tomorrow, see if I can be promoted to head hunter. You know, I'm going to go talk to that cute girl in the in the garden over there. You know, it made you feel good. And then they would grow this grain specifically for this drink, and that kind of centralized people there to this one crop, and that kind of was the onset of civilization as we know it. Huh. Hmm, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I've always heard that it was monkeys eating mushrooms, and the mushrooms made them all high, and that's how they got smart. That
2: sounds now, sick. that
0: may be true, too, <laughs> and that probably did happen at some point, So maybe, maybe. I don't think that has anything to do with beer.
2: No, maybe that, wait, what? No!
1: What? <laughs> what? 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 What?
2: Monkeys eating mushrooms? Yeah. Where the hell did you hear that from? Uh, did you just make that up on the spot? The internet. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what that is? I heard on the internet yikes so back to not monkeys on mushrooms uh-huh one of the, one of the other things that molds will do is that will that will determine the color of your beer mm. depending on what kind of grain that you use depending on the amount that you use that will determine essentially what your beer is going to look like are you guys familiar with srms I am sure, not, but
1: maybe you should explain it for the audience. Oh,
2: okay. We don't trying. we don't
1: know. Don't let us fool you.
2: Okay, you guys don't know nothing about nothing. No, okay. we don't even know how to We don't so, even brew beer. So whenever you guys are at at your local brewery, at your microbrewery uh, of choice, there are usually a couple of different numbers that are associated with the beer that you're going to try to drink. Obviously, number 1 is going to be your alcohol content, your ABV, your mm-hmm. alcohol by volume. The second one, your IBU is your International Bitterness Unit. And the third one that is not not displayed nearly as often, but it, it is definitely something you need to be aware of, is the SRM. Now what the SRM does is that tells you how light or how dark your beer is. So it's a color scale. Correct. Correct. And do you guys have any do you guys have any idea as to what SRM actually stands for? We have no idea. Exactly. So that's what I'm gonna tell you. It's Please act- tell us. Enlighten act- us. It actually stands for Standard Reference Method. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. Nope. Mm-hmm. No idea. I've never no. heard that term before. No. So, it, essentially what that does is that tells you the color of your finished beer. I feel like
1: I've seen a different scale. Because I know the the malts, like a darker one is around 60, 70, 80.
2: Correct. No. And
1: like lighter ones are around you know, 5, 10, 15. Just maybe I've seen it referenced in a different So what, way. Do,
2: what you're actually thinking of is, is the Love of Bond ratings. Ah. Yeah. Ah, that was a really good segue. Yeah, That was nice of you. Thanks. Did you plan that?
1: No. Oh, okay.
2: All right. <laughs> so essentially what that does is that scale gives you an idea of what the color of the, the malt is going to be. Mm-hmm. That can kind of be, ter- be determined by how much the, the malt is roasted. Uh, you know, roasted for a long time, roasted for a short time, high temperature, low temperature, things like that. Because with different barley's and different malts, you can have the same the same grain, but you can have it roasted for different periods, different temperatures, and that'll give you different right different output. What the level uh, rating will do is that'll give you give that I you know give you an idea of what that grain actually went through. Okay. And you can use that to kind of determine what your SRM is going to be in your beer. Okay. So they're kind of related, but the level bond is is pre beer, right? S R M is is beer, is beer. I get you, right? Now Thinking. that that's
0: interesting, and it, it makes sense why those numbers wouldn't be as prevalent on a beer bottle or when you go to a brewery by the the beer name because it's the it's the one number that a customer can really determine almost maybe Correct. not with the number itself, but they can look at a beer and say, hey, this is black as motor oil, or hey, you know, this is light as the sun, something like that. Right. Whereas you can't look at a beer and determine the alcohol content or how bitter it's going to be. So. Correct.
2: It, yeah. Especially if if the style of beer is listed. But sometimes, because I've been to breweries where they'll only list the name of the beer, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to determine what it is based, uh, based on your SRMs, based on your IBUs, based on your ABV. You can kind of triangulate what this beer should be and whether or not you want to try it or not. Because obviously if the IBUs are high, I'm not going to want it. Sam definitely is. Yeah. Uh, if the SRM, <laughs> number is high, Steve is definitely going to want to try it. Yeah, boy. So you can kinda of use those numbers to figure out the ballpark of where that beer should be. Mm-hmm. Very fun. So there you go. It
0: could be an interesting game we could try sometime on the podcast. We can go <laughs> through all the numbers and see if we can t- try to pick out what beer it is. In terms of
2: specific grains, one of the most well-known, well-used, uh, I've seen it in probably 75 percent of my recipes, is American Pale Two Row. That is essentially the foundation of several home brews. Uh, it, it's quite quite rare actually to not have a recipe without Pale Two Row.
1: Yeah, well I think that's also because uh, when you get into using darker uh, barleys and malts and such, you don't need that much to achieve the darker color Correct. that fits the style. Correct. I mean, Pale Two Row you can throw like 15 pounds in and then only need you know, maybe two or three pounds of a darker
2: malt, and and, and one thing I, I should backtrack on a little bit for the Lovibond rating, you can go anywhere from a one, and what that'll do, that'll give you a beer, a very very light beer, mm-hmm. a cream ale, cream ale, Pil- pilsner, pilsner, yeah, something very light, very straw colored, uh, and you can go all the way up into the 500s. Mm. and that's where you get into your motor oil stouts. Now again, that's all that's all pre beer. Correct. So beyond your barley, there are other other types of grains that you can use. Uh, One of the most popular ones is, of course, wheat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your wheat beers, duh. Duh. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oatmeal. Oatmeal. uh, For oatmeal stouts and such. Correct, correct. Rye is also another popular choice. For rye beers. There you go. Ducault
1: makes a good one, in fact. Which one is it? do.
0: The Guilty Filthy Soul, which Uh, unfortunately we won't be reviewing on this show today, but if you ever go and are in your local beer distributor or bottle shop... Check out the Guilty Filthy Soul. It's a fantastic chocolate rye beer from Duclaw.
1: That actually wasn't the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of... of there's another one that they
0: make. Oh, uh, uh, rye one on. Yeah, the rye one
1: on. That's the one I, I really that. like. Yeah. yeah, that one's good too, but I like the... Filthy, filthy soul, whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay, so they make two good rye beers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there and, we go. If yeah. one's good, two's better.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, that's just a, a little touch on, on the backbone of the beer uh, that being your grains, your malts. If you guys have any more questions, uh, don't ask me right now because I don't have the answer in front of me. Hmm. But uh, if anybody out there listening has any questions, definitely uh, let us know on Twitter, uh, email us, something like that. I'm, I'm willing to answer your questions. I'll, I'll talk shop with you a little bit. And speaking of talking shop, thanks, uh, Dr. Science. Doctor Science. Yeah, I like that. That's your name for now. Nice. Can I get that on the back of a T-shirt? No. Doctor Science. No. MD. We've Is already it? printed our T-shirts. MD. S R M. MD D D S. But getting back to uh, our our segment two beer, what do you guys think of this? Of the sweet baby Java.
1: I mean, obviously we're gonna like it because it's basically just the sweet baby Jesus with coffee.
0: Sam, I will say, as much as I like this beer it's definitely leaving me disappointed it's a great beer it tastes good but to me it's just way way too similar to the sweet baby jesus and even after this beer is warmed up a bit i'm just not getting the espresso and maybe that's I don't know, the way my uh, palate is feeling right now, maybe it's not up to the coffee taste. Usually I drink coffee in the mornings and not in the evenings, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's rejecting those coffee flavors for whatever reason. <laughs> but honestly, I'm, I'm not tasting any of the espresso. And it's interesting because it says it's espresso bean infused. So I'm wondering how this was brewed. Did they take a whole boatload of espresso beans and kind of just dump them into the fermentation or was it brewed with... Um, brewed with the coffee beans and, you know, put them in, they was put placed in the warts or any idea? Do you guys know how this was brewed by chance? I'm it just look.
2: says that whole, the whole bean espresso was put in. So I'm not sure if you had mentioned this earlier and I'm just an idiot and I forgot, uh, but what is the ABV on this thing?
1: Uh, actually, I did not mention it. Oh, okay. But the ABV is 6-2, basically the exact same as the Sweet Baby Jesus. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. For For me, for my review, I got to say, I got to agree with Sam here. It's... As good as the beer is, it's a little bit disappointing. I was expecting more. Yeah, when you when you see the Java beer, especially
0: looking at the label, it has the nice espresso cup on it steaming up. You just feel like you're going to get some more coffee flavor out of this beer. And I honestly, I can say this, but I honestly don't believe that if I had the Sweet Baby Jesus in front of me and the Sweet Baby Java, that I would be able
1: to tell the difference. This beer tastes exactly like a Sweet Baby Jesus to me. So I'm going to get you guys' back on this one. Nice. I've had... I've already drank two before the show. Not today, but before the show. <laughs> and I found the exact same thing. I thought I was, like, losing my mind the first time I drank it.
2: Well, you are, just not on this.
1: I know, right. <laughs> but there, I wasn't getting any of those coffee espresso flavors. Hmm. And, and I had another. And I let it get to almost room temperature. Right. And about then I started to get a little hint. Hmm. But I don't feel like I needed to... You know, you shouldn't have to let a beer warm up that much to get the... True.
2: Now, now we say all of this, and that makes it sound like we don't like the beer. I really like this beer. Oh, no. We still like it because it's
1: still Sweet Baby Jesus. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, it's
2: still good. It's just not exactly
0: what we were expecting or hoping for. But, hey, give it a shot, and maybe you'll taste something that we haven't tasted.
1: Yeah, it like, as far as, like, coffee beers go, it can hold a candle to anything. Right. Like the Atwater Vanilla Java Porter. That's way out of this thing's, Mm. you know.
2: Blowing it out of the water. Right.
1: But uh, as far as beers in general go, it's still excellent.
0: Absolutely. So that concludes our second dewclaw beer of the episode. And although we really enjoyed it, it kind of left us wanting a little bit more. So we have one more for you. And I'm excited for this next one because it's totally going to take us in a different direction style-wise. And you guys will find out what that is as soon as we get back. Stay tuned. Do claw, where you be? I need to find you and put you in me. How was that for uh, bringing us back in? Do you guys like that little rhyme I just threw up? It was better than. Come on, it was better than the horse song. We could
1: put a beat to it and see where it goes. I guess. Uh, I'm I assuming you right know. into the trash pile. Yeah.
2: yeah okay.
1: come oh, come <laughs> on.
0: We, we, need, we need to continue to think of new theme songs for the show. And plus, that's very relevant to what we're about to talk about, which is another do claw beer. So I thought that was pretty creative. The creative juices are flowing right now, guys. Don't shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) Not those kind of creative juices. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's hope not. Adam had Mexican for dinner, so I would be in trouble. All right, so we are trying our final dewclaw beer of the day. Wait, are we seriously going with this? What with the Dewclaw beer? Yes, we are, because we don't have any other Dewclaw beers. Okay. Yeah. We definitely need to try this one because it looks good. It's a style that we actually have never uh, sampled on this show before. So That is correct. Adam,
2: what are we going to be drinking next? Well, uh, this one is a little bit different, uh, in that it is coming from the Dewclaw Brewery. Oh. oh I've heard of them. Out of uh, out of Maryland. Oh. Baltimore, is it? Uh, that is correct, yes. Uh, named after Lord Baltimore, for those that are interested. No. All right, okay. Well, it's actually south of the Mason-Dixon line as well. That's true. So what we are drinking is a barley wine that is called the Devil's Milk.
0: So for our listeners out there and those that may not know,
2: what is a barley wine? Well, in actuality, it's not that much of a difference between an English strong ale. Uh, Usually it's going to have a high alcohol content, usually between 8 and 12%. So if you're drinking a barley wine, you gotta know what you're doing with it, because you uh, you can get good and tuned up nice and quick. Uh, the origin behind it, as I understand it, it actually was brewed to somewhat compete with wine, which is going to be up in the in the teens and high teens in terms of ABV. It is actually not based on any sort of wine. Yeah, it's still made so with grain. it's still it's, it's not still made with a, fruit.
1: correct. This is a this is a lot like how they market soy milk as milk, but it's not milk. Correct. Fucking liars. I'm same sorry. with almond
0: milk, cashew milk. Same exact
1: thing. Is yeah.
2: there pistachio milk? Uh, I think
0: there might be. But I do want to get back to this barley wine here okay. because a barley wine. I've been a fan of, of barley wines for a while now. I, I at first when I started drinking beer, I was kind of turned off by the style just because they were so strong. They but, are very strong.
2: Uh, these are the types of beers that you will definitely get a big boozy flavor out of them this one in particular comes in at a uh, a very very respectable 10% ABV so it's right in the middle of the road in terms of style so let's crack this open and let's take a look
0: it's interesting that these beers were kind of designed or, or made or crafted to compete with a wine because although they are similar in alcohol content we're drinking a 12-ounce beer here right now, and with a wine, when you pour a glass of wine, it's generally more like a 5-ounce pour. So if you drank a 12-ounce bottle of, of you know, this devil's milk, it'd almost be like you were drinking kind of two and a
1: half glasses of wine. Yeah, just about. So I guess that's a good way to
2: compete, to get you screwed up quicker. I guess. <laughs> and, and I must say that uh, Mario Lemieux would be very proud of the uh, the hop schedule on this. 66? 66 66 IBUs on this thing, on this very copper-looking beer, and if one were to use an SRM scale, with it being a copper-looking beer, I would put that somewhere in, I would say, the high 20s. Okay. It almost looks to me like a little bit,
0: if I'm comparing it to a wine, almost like a rosé. Yeah, It's got a lot of red hue
1: to it. I see a little bit of a, almost a pinkish. It looks peach. Peach Mm -hmm. is a
2: good... I can dig it. Yeah. Head retention. Uh, when I poured it, it definitely had a little bit of head, but it dissipated very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Mine's pretty thick and creamy, just kind of hanging out.
2: Hmm. Uh, mine's not. Mine's dissipated. <laughs> yeah, mine's just kind of got the got the white ring around uh, around the glass. That's about it. A little bit wisps around the center of the beer. That's about it.
1: Is uh, everybody else's as carbonated as mine? Yeah, I'm getting quite a few bubbles. In okay. Mine. Yep.
0: Yeah, I definitely have a good cascade flowing up. Now, smelling this beer, you can definitely smell the booze. And if you take yeah. a nice long sniff of this, it kind of stings the nostrils a little bit.
2: So, it's kind of funny, uh, Steve, you had mentioned the cascade of of effervescence coming through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the hops used in this is actually the cascade hop. Oh, neat. Mm. So, that's a that? very nice little tie in there. Mosaic hops are actually all also used in this bad boy. Mm. So, there is a, a cacophony of. Hop flavors coming through with this. What do you guys say we take a drink? I would say that sounds like a great idea. So, yeah, I said I would beat you to it.
0: Ooh, Ooh somebody jumped the gun. Mm. It's good. It's a little fruity. It, it's not quite as boozy as I was anticipating. No, it doesn't taste as boozy. I, I've had this beer once before, and it was a long time ago, and I remember it tasting different. I just, and I can't, I can't pinpoint what that taste was, but I don't remember it tasting
2: like well, this. Well, uh, if If it wasn't a long time ago, if I am understanding this correctly, they they tweak the recipe once a year. Uh, This is a a 2016 edition, Uh, so perhaps what you had uh, was a slightly different recipe. Perhaps it was bottle-conditioned a little bit longer than this one. Uh, I've had this one hanging out uh, for, I'd say, I don't know, six months or so, Uh, so it should be good in bottle condition now. Uh, You should be starting to get into peak performance on this thing.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely tasting a little fruit on this and a little bit of the booze. I don't know. I'm undecided, so I'm going to continue to sip on it and see what uh, see what it may it may turn into.
2: And I think this is another one we're going to have to kind of let it sit there and warm yeah, up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's
0: see. See what it becomes. Mm-hmm. So while this beer is warming up, let's... As we continue to drink it, let's stray away from beer for a minute and talk about another topic that, you know, is something that we enjoy discussing on this show, and especially, you know, one of the big things that comes up every summer is summer movie season. hmm And we all are big, you know, fans of film. As noted and in episode 8. <laughs> yes, we've... as noted in episode
1: 8, as noted in the bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, we're well, talking about ad nauseum
0: about the Fast and the Furious
1: movie. So what we wanted
0: to do is kind of... Take a look at some of the big, fun movies that are coming out this summer, and and talk through them a little bit. Uh, So we're going to actually break this down into two parts. Uh, The first part is going to be on today's episode. We are going to do our Summer Movie Preview Part 1, and that is going to be taking a look at the movies that are coming out May, which is this month, obviously, and June. And then next week, we're going to do our Summer Movie Preview Part 2, and we'll talk about some of the big budget flicks that are coming out in July and August. Yeah. So first off, we're going to talk about May, and let's let's see what's coming out here this month, guys. One one of the things that I know is coming out, you know, that's coming out, and everybody else knows that's coming out is the continuation of another franchise that, at least myself, has always you know been one to enjoy the films uh, similar to the Fast and the Furious. Although they aren't on eight yet, they are on number five which is the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And if there's only two people left that like them, it's me and Michael Bolton. We're big fans of those movies. (laughs) (laughs) This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. So Captain Jack is back, sailing the seven seas, as Michael Bolton uh, likes to put it. And, you know, this this is an exciting movie because, number one, I I still can't get over the fact that A, this movie is being made, and B, this movie is being made with Johnny Depp. I can't believe they're on five, and I know that Johnny Depp didn't really want to do it, but Disney actually offered him $90 million you to serious? make this movie. Are you serious? What the shit? It's absolutely insane. It was probably one of those things like, all right, Depp, give us your number. What would it take for you to make this film? And he's like, oh, whatever, $90 million. And they're like, okay.
1: So, yeah, you got paid $90 million for this film. Wow, I you got to remember, it's Disney. They can just throw
2: money. They got they got Disney money. Yeah. I mean, they bought Star Wars. No
1: one has Disney money
2: except Disney. Right. So, yeah. They bought Star Wars. They, they, just they bought Marvel.
1: <laughs> I know. It's
0: ridiculous. Plus, I know at least the last two previous films in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise made over a billion worldwide. Yeah. So, is
2: anybody left from the original cast besides Johnny Depp?
1: I believe I read that... Um, oh, what's her face? Kira Knightley is gonna come back for this one. Good. Oh, really? I yeah. liked her in those movies.
2: Yeah. I thought she was really good. I didn't know she was. Maybe I, she is. Yeah, I believe she's coming back for good. this one. I'm still not gonna go see it. I'm definitely gonna watch I, it. I might not go see it in the theater, but I, I have lost interest in it after two. One was good. I really enjoyed one. Two was eh. So you didn't
1: even see three? I mean, like two and three were basically the same. One movie. No, I did. No, I take that back. I did see three. three. Okay. Why did I have to? Because they were just basically like a bookend to each other. Yeah, if
0: you watch two, the movie literally just stops. Yeah. <laughs> and it picks up
2: right where it left off. At well, 3. maybe I just sort of, in my mind, combined the two. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. All right. Well, then I guess <laughs> I guess I got suckered into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then four, I, I didn't bother to I see. I didn't see four either. Four, four, five, four is
0: good. Four is one of those. It's like an independent Jack Sparrow tale. I thought it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed
1: that movie. I mean, I guess that's what five is going to be, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's tied to Four in any way. I guess that's
2: good. I guess. I don't it, Again, it doesn't uh-huh. bother me because I'm not going to go watch it. I think Barbosa's in it. Yeah, Jeffrey Ross is still in there. That movie. wouldn't
1: surprise me. No. Plus, I'm excited
2: to see
0: Javier Bardem as the new villain. I've always enjoyed his acting. I think he's a great actor. And yeah, he really is. What
2: else is he known for?
0: No, no Country, country for, for Old Men. men. Oh. So maybe maybe check out the trailer. Take a look at this movie. It it looks like it's going to be a fun popcorn summer flick. I hate. I fun. mean, Johnny Johnny Depp. <laughs> I, I don't believe he really phones stuff in. I mean, I think he'll do good as he reprises I don't know. Did you see the Lone
2: Ranger? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it.
0: I, I chose to adamantly skip that one. See, there you go. But I like Pirates of the Caribbean. I really like how he portrays Jack Sparrow. No, he does. Role, he, so. he is Jack Sparrow. Yeah. All right, so we got the fifth Car- Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's called Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tell No Tales. So
2: let me ask you guys: this. think this is going to be a hit or a miss? I, well, I'm going to miss it, so I don't really care. I, it's going to be a hit. It's going to make money. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's just I not going to take my I money. Think
1: the fourth one didn't do well with critics? Yeah, but there's I, a difference between critics. I know. I'm just saying. And, I'm, I know. I'm just saying that I don't think it did well with critics, but it still made a ass load of money. I think this one might actually do better. It's, I don't know, the the, the previews for 4 didn't get me at all, right. but the previews for this one have me somewhat intrigued, so I think it'll do well. I think it'll be a hit. People will like it. I think so too, and I'm not sure if it'll quite get up to
0: a billion dollars at the box office, especially with some of the other films that are coming out this summer. But It's got to compete a lot. I, it, I, does. it has a lot of competition, but I think that it'll at least get into the eight to $900 million range. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a big That's disgusting. That's a right? disgusting amount of money.
2: right? <laughs> uh, these are inter- international successes. So friend. if it makes $900 million, that makes Johnny Depp's paycheck 10%. Yep. Yeah, That's exactly. Nothing.
0: Nope. That's nothing. <laughs> That's why Disney's ready to fork over $90 million for him to do this. Yeah. Because they know the return on that is going to be just astronomical. Absolutely. So we have Pirates of the Caribbean. That one comes out, I believe, over Memorial Day weekend, is it? We should probably say when these films are coming out so people sure. know. Yes, um, Friday, May 26th is Pirates of the Caribbean. Now here's one that I'm very excited for, uh, personally, I don't know about you guys as well, but on Wednesday, May 24th, Baywatch comes out, starring
1: The Rock and Zac Efron. So, I, the first trailer I didn't care for, but... That's because it was really toned down and everything. The mm-hmm. second trailer I saw was one of those red band trailers, and I didn't know this was going to be an R rated film. Oh, it is. It's yeah. a hard R too. It's a hard <laughs> R. <laughs> I, it, I think it's taking every like it's taking everything from the Twenty One Jump Street movies, mm-hmm. and then it's just injecting The Rock with all his goofy ass superpowers from the Fate of the Furious <laughs> film, <laughs> and just putting those into a Baywatch film. So is he going to fight Jason Statham on a jet ski? Uh, maybe I saw him on a jet ski. I saw him shooting a fucking rocket launcher. I think. Nice.
2: So I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad The Rock movie. Uh, you didn't look hard enough then. Yeah, I was gonna say he's You've got, got seen a lot of Like what?
1: Uh, the Tooth Fairy. Now, how did I know you were gonna say
2: the Tooth Fairy? Because that's an easy. Nah, I I thought it film. I thought it hit the target just right. You, didn't you see that. Are, I did. You just aren't the audience for it. Ugh. He made some Disney movies, but I mean, he's he's really.
0: I don't know. He's kind of, like, expanding his reach nowadays. Sure. Okay. He's going then, into some
1: comedies and a lot of action films. So, in the last five years... San Andreas was probably trash. That was pretty big, though. I that made a lot of money. I forgot about that movie. See? Adam even forgot that it they existed, so there.
0: <laughs> made the Scorpion King. I don't know if that was good or not. But, let's get back to Baywatch. I... I like The Rock. He's always he's always great. I, even if the movie sucks, he's enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I've I always kind of thought of Zac Efron as one of those guys who's really just, you know, coming up through, you know, the high school musical Disney franchise and, you know, would really just do a bunch of bro rom-coms, things like that, but yeah. that dude is actually pretty funny. He he, he really is. does
1: have some comedy chops. He uh, does. both. He, he's pretty good in both Neighbors films, and then I just watched that Dirty Grandpa film. That movie sucks. It's like, it's awful. <laughs>
2: Is, but that is that, that writing? Is so but so
1: funny. It's awful, but Zach Efron and Jason Manzucas keep me watching it. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha.
2: So you made it through the end.
1: I made it to through to the end, but hey, Robert De Niro is so pathetic and sad.
0: <laughs> it, it is a new low for De Niro, but yeah. I tell you what, I laughed, and I really like Aubrey Plaza, too. She, uh, she, she she's was, a good tie-in. She in, was yeah, funny, too. She was pretty stereotypical, but eh. she had some funny lines as well. I saw him, too, in uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I didn't see which, that Which, one. that one's pretty funny. I mean, it's not, I, I didn't think it was quite as funny as Dirty Grandpa. I thought the story was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Plus, Aubrey Plaza's in that as well, and so is Anna Kendrick. So, yeah. they kind of tie in nicely. It's and then a pretty got, good combination. Uh, what's that other dude that's in that movie? Ah. Oh. Oh, is it one of the, the guy for the holic guys? Yeah. 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 Adam something or other. I don't care. Yeah, Adam. Oh God, why can't I think of his name? Adam Devine. Yeah. Okay. his name. Yeah, he was, he was in the new uh, Blink 182 video, but she's out of her mind. So, yeah, I mean, this Baywatch movie looks looks pretty good. I think it's going to be one of those surprise hits of the summer. It looks hilarious. The Red Band trailers are funny. The Rock's great. Zach yeah. Efron looks great. And plus, it's Baywatch, so you gotta you got to expect Castlehoff or Pamela Anderson to make a cameo at
1: the. The least.
0: So, what's the next on our list, Sam? Well, first off, you think Baywatch is going to be a hit or a
1: miss.
2: Oh, oh yeah, that's a good think? call. Oh, it's going to be a hit.
1: Yeah, it's going to fill. It's going to fill that uh, space that uh, we don't have a Seth Rogen film this summer. I don't think. True. Which that's and okay. We don't have a twenty-three Jump Street either, so it's going to it's going to fill that.
2: Plus, at this point in time, The Rock can pretty much just print money.
1: Right. Exactly. The Rock, I don't, the Rock is a draw. I think The Rock has a movie every season. Yeah lined up so yeah
0: yeah. and that'll be a nice compliment because it comes out right uh, two days before pirates of the caribbean so if people aren't interested in that they want to see something funnier over memorial day weekend they can check out baywatch which i think is going to be a good good hit be a good stupid movie stupid funny movie
2: that's that's one of those ones where you you go in with the popcorn you shut off your brain Yep. And you enjoy the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to June. We kick off June on Friday, June 2nd with
0: a bit of a bang. And that's with Warner Brothers' rendition of Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman is finally being brought to the big screen. She was introduced in the Batman vs. Superman movie uh, that I personally did not see. But that came out last year and it seemed to make a lot of money. So now Wonder <laughs> Woman is Wonder Woman is getting her own movie.
1: Last year or two years ago? I thought that was two years ago. Uh, maybe it was two Because Suicide two. Squad was last year. Yeah.
0: Suicide Squad was in August, but uh, Batman vs. Superman was March of last year. Was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, it was. yeah you're right. With the bat-slick. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, essentially DC is just playing catch-up right now with yeah. Marvel, and they're just trying to release these films as fast as they can. And I think it's really showing, because from what I have seen of those, those movies, they just seem rushed, they just don't make sense, the acting isn't great. Wonder Woman uh, should have happened eight years ago.
1: Did either of you guys see Suicide Squad? No. I did not, no. <laughs> Didn't care to watch that one. Uh, Did you see it? Yeah. No, I've seen. I, I, because I do like some of DC's. Like I, I like DC characters. Mm-hmm. In and, terms of the comic book side, right? And comic book side. So I try to watch these movies and support them. And like that way, if I see a good one, I can tell you guys, guys, it's good. <laughs> but no, like, like Green Lantern was the shittiest shit, shit. <laughs> and then. I tried to like Man of Steel, but there was just too much not Superman about it. You know what? I and don't super- think
2: I've ever seen a good Superman movie since 1984. What since was 84? Superman one? 4, The Quest for Peace?
1: Yeah, that one was doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> the only two good Superman movies are 1 and 2.
2: <laughs> I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no.
1: No, 1 and 2 are the only good ones. But
2: after that, for some reason, they can't make a good Superman movie, and I don't know Why? Superman's a hard character to write to begin with. Yeah, but you've got so much you, you have so much experience. Why don't they go into the, the portion where Superman dies?
1: Well, I mean they did that. In what? In Batman versus Superman. Batman vs. Superman. I haven't seen it yet. He 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 technically Spoiler alert. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> it's been over a year. If yeah. you haven't seen it, now, whatever. He, he technically dies fighting Doomsday. Eh. But with this Wonder Woman film, I'm I'm hesitant. Because Batman vs. Superman was a hot mess. Suicide Squad was complete, utter trash.
2: So I've heard that on the director's cut, it's a lot better.
1: Which one? Suicide Squad. Uh, No. Oh, okay. No. It's a mess because basically the whole film is this long playlist of pop songs. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. like They they tried to cover up the... Because I think it was a lot darker film to Mm -hmm. begin with. But they try to cover up the, bat, the like, dark tone with, yeah. like, all these happy pop songs and, like, club bangers and shit you recognize. Why,
2: why would you do that?
1: To try... Well, because, to make it a kids movie? Well, why would they try to do that? Is because Deadpool came out. Yeah. Deadpool was, A, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and, B, it was super violent and everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was able to walk that line right. of comedy and ultraviolence. They wanted that out of Suicide Squad. And they ruined it. And they ruined it because, one, they'd already filmed the PG-13 movie. Right. And two, it they just wasn't written that way. They, they try to capitalize on
2: things. that, that This is back to playing catch-up again. Right. So they, they, they don't have the, the chutzpah to do their own thing and right. release that film on its own merits. Right. Damn it. Yeah. So you, you sound cautiously optimistic
1: about Wonder Woman? I'm cautiously optimistic about Wonder Woman because... They're giving her an, an origin story, mm-hmm. and this is also what I don't like about it because we've already seen her introduced in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, uh, why go back to her origin as the,
2: as the opener?
1: Yeah, we've already seen, you know, like we've already gotten hints about her origin and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now we have to go back and actually watch the entire thing and watch her go through World War One. And just from a filmmaking standpoint, that's that's when this film takes place. Right, is like her origin and her uh, fight through World War One. Mm-hmm. Just from a filmmaking standpoint, there's no drama to this. Oh. Because you already know that she exists in the future. Right. Yep. Like, you you never are going to feel like she's in danger. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the male uh, lead in that, you know he's going to die because we're in World War One. <laughs> <laughs> he's an adult in World War One. Even if he dies during the movie, you can be like, well, he would have been dead anyway. Right. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how this film's going to turn out. I hope it turns out better. I hope this is the one that turns it around for them. Because then Justice League comes out in November. Aha!
2: That sounds like a whole other episode. Yes.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, I've watched... I think there's been four or five trailers for the Wonder Woman movie. And honestly, I just... I watched the trailers and... I just, it doesn't even look interesting to me. I've never been a big fan of the Wonder Woman character to begin with. I was, I've was i always been more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan, but I'd be willing to give him a chance. But mm-hmm. I don't know, the movie just doesn't look interesting. And like Steve said, you kind of already know what happens. So mm. so what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Where's yeah. the build-up? What, what am I going to get excited
1: or emotional about when I watch this film? Yeah, this, this film needed to come out before
2: Batman vs. Superman. Right.
1: Yeah. Then you could probably give a shit more. Again, yep. playing catch-up. Yep.
0: Hmm. So you guys think this one's going to be a hit or this one's going to be a miss?
2: I You know what? I think this is one of those ones where it's going to be a hit financially, but critically I think it's going to be a failure. Okay, so like every other DC film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: and even those DC films, they don't do as good as Marvel films financially. <laughs> no, no, they, they don't. don't. No. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I hope it does better critically, but I still think it's only going to hit maybe around 600-700 million. Only. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think that this movie is not going to be a success. I think critically and financially it's hmm. going to not necessarily bomb, but come in well below expectations. I'm predicting it makes less than $100 million domestically and less than $500 million internationally. Wow. That's my prediction. Yeah. I just don't think the movie looks interesting. I don't think it's going to find an audience. I, I see what they're trying to do with, you know, having a strong female lead, but I think, uh, you know, if Marvel were to put out, say, a Black Widow movie, I think that would be a lot stronger of a draw. Well, it would than be, but I think Wonder the Wonder.
2: the the counterpoint to that is that uh, Black Widow is already well established. Right. I'm not well, saying well, should...
1: and also not only is she well established, but that Scarlett Johansson versus Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. can't really act. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Uh. So, I'm predicting that this is not going to do that well. But, hey, we'll see on uh, see on June 2nd how it fares. I wish see. them the best. <laughs> well, let's talk about one more movie here. And we saved the absolute best movie for last. And I think June did as well, because this movie comes out at the very end of June, heading into try to capitalize on probably the last couple weeks of June, but also kind of the 4th of July weekend. And that is, of course, another fifth in a movie franchise, and that is Transformers The Last Night. Now, before we get into this discussion, let it be known that the Transformers movies have been just a huge, huge success. Um, mostly nationally, but they've made a couple hundred million here uh, domestically <laughs> as well. I think the last one, it crossed two hundreds maybe with the Dinobots or whatever, but Dinobots. I mean, the, the franchise itself has grossed well over a couple billion dollars. Did you guys ever
2: see the cartoon back in the 80's, Dino Riders? I have no idea what no. you're talking about. I really? don't know what that oh, is. You guys need to check it out. I'll send you some links afterwards. I don't think that's going to be anything like this film though. So I don't know because dino they, riders? I don't think the dinobots are in this one I think they were just in the last one no 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 but just in general because they take over the dinosaurs and they use them as weapons Oh, I'll, I'll say that guys would make an link. interesting movie it's, I it's think it's quite interesting maybe that could be the premise for Jurassic
0: World 2 alright <laughs> but Jurassic World 2 is not coming back coming out for a while so let's get back on to, back on track to something a little more prevalent which is the new Transformers movie so Can't what do get, you guys think are you pretty excited for this film no no absolutely not I guess I kind of set it up pretty big, but I'm not the least bit excited for this movie, and I so want to see it. So nobody on this podcast wants to see it? No. Good. No, but it's just, it's funny to talk down on movies like it's, that. It. Michael Bay could care less. It's going to make exactly. him just an absorbent amount of money, but everybody's going to shit on this film anyhow. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's get back to this beer. If you recall, we are drinking our final Dewclaw beer which is the Devil's Milk. That was the strong ale, uh, as they call it, a barley, barley wine. wine. Barley
2: wine. Uh, so what do you guys think of this? Adam, why don't you go first? I like it. I don't hate it. But since it is a barley wine, in my mind, it, it's going to be a relatively narrow avenue in terms of taste. You're, you're not going to have the same experimentation that you're going to have, like, say, for example, the Sweet Baby Java, uh, or even the Dirty Little Freak, which it definitely has a lot of very unique flavors. Uh, With a beer like this, where it's going to be big and boozy, that's definitely going to take the the front seat in the taste category. So I like it. I don't necessarily love it. Sam, what do you think?
0: To say the truth, I'm not really digging this beer. I've had it before, and I remembered liking it a lot more than I do now. The more it warms up, the more I'm tasting the booze, and I'm just not getting a ton of other flavor in this beer. And I've had some barley wines that I've thoroughly enjoyed before and unfortunately to me this just isn't one of them it's just i don't like the flavor that this beer is putting
1: onto my palate steve i'm with you guys on this one um i think adam hit it on the nail of the head when he said it's a narrow flavor profile it just doesn't do much for me booze uh, it's, it's yeah. gonna be
2: a boozy flavor yeah that's it yeah
1: if i if i'm looking to get drunk
0: i guess i'll run to this dukela actually makes a beer that i would recommend ahead of this beer called the hell on wood it is a barrel aged barley wine yeah. And it is just mmm mmm good. That, it is full of flavor and it's boozy and bourbony. And
1: it is hmm. it is blows this one out of the water. If huh. you're if you're looking for a beer to pair with like a thick porterhouse steak, yeah, that's the beer to do it with. That one is great. Gotcha.
2: This one here is just kind of ah well. Mm. It's good, not great. Pair it with McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in, in in that vein, it looks like we need to put these bad boys up on the podium. Yo, let's put them up there. So, uh, Sam, why don't we start with you? Absolutely. What's, uh, what's your gold? What's your silver? What's your bronze for today's uh, episode?
0: All right, Dewclaw, here are my final rankings. Uh, in third place, we are going with the Devil's Milk. Just didn't really care for that beer. Uh, like we said, narrow flavor profile, and to me, the taste... It just it just wasn't great and I, I do enjoy barley wines I just I wasn't getting much from this beer I was getting too much booze and not a lot of other flavors so that one's third for me second is the Sweet Baby Java as much as I enjoyed that beer like I mentioned when we were reviewing it in segment two it disappointed me a little because I wanted to taste the coffee notes some of those espresso flavors and I really wasn't getting any of that all I was getting was the exact same taste that I would get out of a Sweet Baby Jesus, which is not bad, but it's not what I was looking for in this beer given the way it was marketed. So that puts the Dirty Little Freak in the gold position for me. As great as I remembered, I've had the Dirty Little Freak a couple of times and every time it's been consistent. It tastes like coconut, it tastes like caramel. It's Flavorful, it's silky smooth, and it is just—it goes down so nicely, and leaves a great aftertaste in your mouth. So that is hands down, no
2: question, the gold for me today.
1: Adam, what are you thinking?
2: And Sam stole all of my notes. He, he <laughs> stole all of my rankings. There's nothing more for me to add. Uh, he, yeah, I did such a nice job with those rankings. <laughs> you really You're did. Copying me. You really <laughs> did. Yeah. The the bronze goes to the Devil's Milk. Uh, the silver goes the silver goes to the sweet baby java and the dirty little freak is the gold now when i when i put these rankings together all three of these beers are still very very good but when i compare them between each other uh that's the ranking that i come up with and for the same exact reasons that that sam stated and so i can't explain it any better than what he did so steve what's uh What's on your mind? I think surprisingly
1: we're gonna go three for three. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think this might be a first. I think it I is the exact is.
2: same ranking for all three of us. Yeah. Wow. All do the you, beers. Now do you have any different reasoning as to why yours is ranked?
1: Really no. Uh again, narrow profile on the uh on the barley wine, and it just doesn't like it doesn't pull my trigger. The Sweet Baby Java, it's still a great beer. It's still because it's just Sweet Baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't deliver on what's on the label. And uh, Dirty Little Freak, I think it's safe to say we all kind of re-fell in love with it today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, yeah. it's been a while since we've all had it, so having it again kind of just brought back all those good memories. Yeah, it
2: kind of. it's nice to revisit. Yeah. I hope
1: to find a six-pack of that soon because I'm definitely going to buy one mm-hmm. just
2: to
0: have on hand at the house. It's such a good beer. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to waste anybody's time. No, that was was easy. I think that's the easiest one we've had. Yeah, Yeah, really. So definitely, uh, if you haven't uh, had a chance to try many of the Dewclaw beers, definitely get out there and try them. There are so many beers out there that you can find in varying styles. They have a bunch of IPAs, they have a bunch of stouts, a bunch of porters, and just... Duclaw has always been one of those breweries to me that have has, has really tied in a lot of creativity mm-hmm. uh, to their beer making process, yeah. and they've come up with some really cool stuff. So definitely check them
1: out if you haven't. Uh, cool brewery, some some great beers, and if you're looking for something that does have a lot of good coffee flavor in it, check uh, seek out the Duclaw X Nine. That one will satisfy that little <laughs> <laughs> satisfy that craving. That Absolutely. Craving. Right, right on. on. Well,
2: I think that's so, it, guys. I think yeah, we'll yeah all I think the that's, about a wrap. that's
1: about it. If you're looking to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on social media by searching Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find our episodes on SoundCloud and on iTunes by searching Hop Nation USA. Yes, please leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars would be great, and that'll help us continue to grow our show. And if you have any questions, comments, want to talk about malts with Adam, you hear, Doctor Science. You can email us at
2: hopnationusa at gmail.com Now I will add on to that uh, one little bit. Uh, If you guys want to talk to us, uh, we will actually be attending the Beers of the Berg Beer Fest. Talk to us in person? Talk to us in person. If you would like to meet us, if you would like to greet us, uh, we will be there. Uh, You can easily identify us. We'll be the good looking guys drinking beers. Also wearing the Hop Nation
1: USA. No, no, no. That's that's how they're going to be able to identify us.
2: (laughs) I like, I like my way better. <laughs> but no, uh, we... Come
0: on, Pittsburgh has a lot of great looking people, Adam. Wow. We need to distinguish ourselves by wearing these Hop Nation USA t-shirts. You are... Look for them in black and blue, coming to a store near you. You
2: are so positive today. What is up with that?
0: Well, it's Friday. And tomorrow is Beers of the Berg. So I'm looking forward to trying a lot of the new and exciting beers that Pittsburgh has to offer. So that's why I'm optimistic. And
2: I'm I'm looking forward to meeting some of the people out there uh, in podcast land. Uh, I'd like to meet and greet some of you guys and gals. Come see our shirts. Come
0: get our business cards. All right. So with that, everybody, we are out. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll see you next week.